Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Welcome everyone to the BX Sports Jedi MMA Weekly with Austin and Chef Dan. I am Austin. This is my coach, Chef Dan. How are you doing tonight, Chef Dan? And how was your weekend? I'm I'm doing great. My weekend was great. I was able to watch some uh, good MMA fights. I was highly entertained by what I saw, not only in the main event, but in some of the preliminaries as well. So I'm ready to get right into it. How about you? Today, yeah, doing well today, and my weekend was great. Was great. Obviously, saw you know good MMA as well with UFC and also the UFC this past um, Saturday, and also you know went you know also had a little fun event at MegaCon, which that's I did a whole other video about that. That's something to talk more about in their video. But I had a good time. It's like Comic Con for for the Orlando area. If that makes sense, you're wondering what MegaCon is. Yeah, it sounds dope. We can get into that later on then. Yeah, okay, so we're going to start with Eagle FC first and just... Yeah, of course. That's, uh, you know, the usual. We get right into what happened on Friday. Uh, I want to start off with the main event because this one to me was... Uh, it was just unfortunate. It was. It really was to me. Jorgen DeCastro versus Junior Dos Santos in the heavyweight division. Uh, Jorgen DeCastro wins this one via TKO. Due to a shoulder injury, I think Junior DeSantos threw his shoulder out while he was uh, jabbing and throwing punches at Jorgen. But, I mean, like, I'm Austin, to me, man, Junior DeSantos looked really, really good. This was his fight. This really was his fight. I, I felt like he looked really, really good. Jorgen DeCastro had, like, he had no answer for the boxing of Junior DeSantos. He had no answer for the leg kicks of Junior Dos Santos. He had no answer for the grappling that Junior Dos Santos provided for him. Like, it was really Junior Dos Santos' fight. He was winning this fight convincingly to me. And it was just unfortunate that, you know, he lost his via TKO, but it 
I it, it it doesn't deter me from seeing another Junior Dos Santos fight in Eagle FC. I can say that much. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you there. It doesn't deter me from when to see Junior Dos Santos fight again in Eagle FC. And Junior looked very well in this fight. Like I said, strike stand up wise, Junior was better, more you know, landed the be land more shots, was crisp, more crisp shots. Although Junior, although um, not Junior, excuse me, Jorgen the Castro was coming at him. And like, oh yeah, that's the shoulder injury. That's after the fight called off. You can you can see like his right shoulder, like below, like like part of it sticking out of the bone. There, yep. you can see like, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's it sucked. I mean, it, it sucked for Junior. It sucked for us fans just to see that happen to Junior. Because I was meant, like Dan was mentioning, Junior looked well in this fight. And like and like I was saying, Jorgen, you know, at times did come forward. And when he came forward, he was throwing heavy shots. He missed a lot of them. Some of them he connected with Junior, you know, and they somewhat did hurt Junior a little bit, but not too much. Like Junior was able to avoid like other shots from the Castro, but but yeah, Junior was like winning this fight, you know, stand up battle, taking him apart, throwing leg kicks. I mean, the the Castro switched stances after after a certain time, a certain amount of leg kicks he took from his um, his, yeah, his left leg because they were hurting Castro badly, and then you have uh, then. You know the grappling. Junior initiated grappling. Did they all, did pretty well there, and Junior just won his fight. Just that he drew a right hand, and just his shoulder went out of place after drawing a right. After and after that, that was, and after that, yeah, the fight was called off, and it sucks to see a fight end because of the injury. I mean, we we're talking about this last week with Rakic and um, Jan Blahovitz in that main event, where Rakic has you know hurt injured his knee, and the fight was called off. It sucks here because Junior was clearly win winning. He was about to win, and he had won his fight. He, Habino Argamayoff was going to talk to Scott Coker and set up Fedor and Junior DeSantos next, which would be which would be a pretty you know cool fight to see. Both guys who are legends and heavyweight fighting each other. I know they're not their primes anymore, but it's still you know two of the top ten heavyweights in MMA history, and seeing two legends fighting each other, especially if both guys were come off victory, would be pretty damn nice. But unfortunately, it looks go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to ask you a question after you uh, say that. Yeah, it's just, you know, it would be such a big, cool fight to see, especially co-promotion between Bellator and Eagle FC, which you don't see too many, like, American, like, or really North American, like, promotions do cross-promotions. Oh, excuse me. Or, or cross-promotions, period. I mean, Bellator, well, actually, Bellator has done some with Ryzen. That's the only ones with, like, recent memory. Just... Typically, you don't see it. Something like cool thing to see, but um, yeah, Junior Santos. I mean, sucks for him, shoulder injury. Hopefully, hopefully, it can get healed quickly. He was trying to put it back, pop, pop it back in place. Even if he does, I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take to recover. If he, they will pop it back in place, not a doctor. I'm not too sure about that, but yeah, sucks for Junior and Jorgen Castro does get a, you know does get a victory over a legend, Junior. So yeah, so feel good for him. I just want to ask you a question, though. Let's say Junior heals back quick and he gets back into the ring and gets another victory. Does that really deter you from, like, the fact that he lost to Jorgen DeCastro? Does it even really, does it right now deter you from wanting to see him versus Fedor? No, if he, no, if he um, gets another victory, then I definitely want to see him and Fedor fight oh, for sorry. sure. No, you're good. Um, for sure. And, and even... 
it, you can you somewhat make a case for him with Fedor because, yeah, he lost, but he lost due to an injury. It wasn't like he got beat. It wasn't like the Castro caused the injury. Junior just threw a punch and his shoulder just went out of socket. That's all it was, which is unfortunate for Junior. But it's not like he lost because of that. I mean, a lot of people's minds, people who, who know about this, are going to think, oh, he lost because of that. And if they see the fight or see, you know, people talking about it, they're going to know that Junior was doing very well and for the injury. So you can maybe sell the fight, somewhat sell the fight like that with Ju with Fedor and, and Junior as Junior's next fight potentially. You can still somewhat yeah. sell it. Yeah, I, it, it doesn't it it doesn't deter me from from wanting to see Junior fight uh, Fedor at all. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see it. Who knows? We'll be in Bellator or Eagle FC, but, or maybe you know it would be in Russia or here in the states. I don't matter. I'd definitely like to see that fight. It'd be kind of a cool fight to see. Most definitely. But from there, we can move on to the next fight. Uh, Hector Lombard versus Thiago Silva. This one ends in a no contest via a legal knee. And um, well, I think, was it uh, Hector Lombard that threw the illegal knee? No, Silva did. Silva threw the illegal knee at um, Lombard. Yeah. But um, I, I think going into the, uh, yeah, Hector Lombard had uh, essentially won the first round. He was looking very good there. Uh, sorry, let me put that back up. He was controlling it via his grappling. And then uh, Silva was starting to come on into the second round. So it was about to be a 1-1 toss-up. But then Silva threw the illegal knee, like you said. I definitely remember it going towards a, a, a toss-up. And this was... a. Uh, this wasn't the highest level fight, but it was a back and forth fight. I can say that much. Yeah, it was definitely back and forth fight. Lombard won the first round, and Lombard was doing well in the first like round. But as the as the second round on, you can see it was starting to become Silva's um, fight. As Silva was doing was was starting to do better and catching Lombard and hurting him. As Lombard looked seemed like to gas after the first round, it seemed like to me, and. And then um, once once they got on the ground and well Lombard got on the ground, then Silva threw that that legal um kick. That yeah, it was a yeah, it was a kick, right? Or was it a knee? Knee, a legal knee. Okay, it was a knee. Once he threw that knee, it was basically yeah yeah. Before that, Silva was doing well, so I'm trying to say. Then once he threw on Lombard, the fight was stopped. Although it seemed like Lombard, the way his reactions, it almost seemed like he was. Some people are saying he might have played it up a little bit, Lombard. That's what some people are saying. Because, because cause it, even though it landed, it seemed like to some people like it wasn't like super, super vicious. Like the like Yonsni against Aljamain Sterling last year, where that was like very vicious when he landed that and Sterling was down. I mean, but see, even then people were calling Aljamain a faker for that. And you saw how vicious that was. So, I mean, it, yeah, like damage is really it, it's you you can't tell damage. It's only based on the person feeling the damage. You can't tell a person that they you know that they're faking a certain amount of damage. I mean, to a certain degree, yeah, you can, but you know, I mean, it, there was, yeah, I mean, it's. It was a real no contest, the Silva and Lombard yeah. fight, and 
Because it was accidental, you could tell. Silva, like, when he was throwing the knee, like, trying to stop himself from, like, connecting, but it was too late at that point. And he can, once he connected, it was basically the end, it was the end of the fight. And sucks that the, excuse me, the main event, the Eagle FC, and the Cole main event, and, well, conclusive finishes. I mean, yes, yeah. uh, the Casher won the fight, but it was due to a shoulder injury from Junior. It wasn't like the Casher did something to win the fight. And then he got no contest. In a, in, a, in a very entertaining Coleman event, it's kind, it sucks. I mean, it sucks considering this fight was not bad, and the, the Castro and the Santos fight was pretty good. So I just seen Junior fight very well. He looked very good, but um, we could definitely move on from uh, that fight there and go into the next fight on the main card. Mike uh, Maki Patolo versus Doug Usher. Maki Patolo wins. In the first round, TKO via punches. And, uh, yeah, Maki was just all over. And this was, yeah, this, quick. this was one-sided. It was one-sided and quick and just easy. I mean, man. Yeah. He, he called him with a left hook and just dropped him. And then just, you know, just threw, like, one, two shots after he was down. And it was over. Like, yeah, you see this image there. Rosie watching. You see the image of um, Usher being dropped as after Maki landed that shot. And... Damn, I mean, now when I mean, you want to talk making a name for yourself in a car like this, Kasseri Maki um, Maki Patolo was exactly well known prior to this fight, and definitely made a name for himself here on a big card, Eagle FC. That impressive knockout, I mean, my gosh, whew, what a knockout! Yeah, watch that. Go, 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 check it out because it's it's only thirty seconds. It's worth watching. Yeah, that knockout yeah, was impressive. It's, once again, look, it's here, here, here. Here. You fell a timber. Yep. That's Maki Patolo, ladies and gentlemen. Man, what a name for himself. What a name made for himself, Maki Patolo. 30 seconds. Uh, it's crazy that this fight, and then there's another fight that happened in this main card that ended in 30 seconds via TKO and KO, which, uh, how often does that happen where you have two fights end within the same time, 30 seconds, or, or under a minute? In the same in the same round, like round one I, by KO. It's I mean it's rare, but then again, like you, these guys are very very good at their craft. There's even another fight there that I gotta say is I I believe is is really this guy is really really good in the way he uh, approached it. I don't know his went past the minute mark, but he was very very aggressive in how he approached his, but. Yeah, salute to Maki Patolo. We we definitely gonna check out more of his fights. Yep, definitely, exactly. I mean, pressure. I mean, name for himself and impressed a lot of us, and definitely gonna want to check him out when he fights next in the UFC. Where the next UFC card is in the United States, or maybe fights in the in Russia in UFC. Who knows? But most definitely. Um, but we could move on from that fight to the next fight. Um, on the main card. Andrew Sanchez versus Gabriel Checo. Andrew Sanchez wins his fight via unanimous decision. And I, my issue with this fight isn't even the fight itself. My issue with this fight was Chael Sonnen's commentary. What happened? I didn't see this fight. What happened with Chael's commentary? All right. I'm going to let you know right now. This was also like a bit of a dominant fight. Andrew Sanchez had Gabriel Checo figured out. The only times that Gabriel Checo give himself, 
gave himself a bit of a chance was like in the grappling stages but there was non-existence or there was non-existent offense in the grappling it was just essentially holding off for dear life you tell what it was so okay. now when you're watching uh uh when you're watching him do when you're watching andrew do what he does you're like this guy is dominant like like it's not it's not something where like he's a clear step ahead of this guy but in just the in the uh, stand-up phases he is just dominant and winning he's got him but chael kept arguing for gabriel checo to get a chance and you know you have uh um triple c henry cejudo and the other announcer i don't i, I don't remember his name but both of them are looking at chael and they're like chael buddy it, it's it's not his night it's yeah. not his night it was oh kamaru usman i know it was cejudo oh. chael kamaru and i forget i forget the play-by-play guy i I apologize. Yeah. Uh, no, I think Kamara had joined uh, after uh, after this fight. But, oh, okay. um, yeah, but they they had to keep telling tell, tell it's it's not his night. He's like, yeah, but I know, but in the grappling exchanges, if we could, Chael, there was no offense in the grappling. And Cejudo, you know where he's telling me, Uncle Chael, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think you got, I don't think he has this one. Like, yeah, but if you go to decision, it might be, yeah, but nah, it was, yeah, unanimous decision, and yeah, that was a good, uh, a good uh, victory for Andrew, uh, Andrew Sa- Sanchez. Okay, yeah, I didn't see this fight, unfortunately, but I didn't know about the chill, that's why I didn't know about the chill comments during this fight. I thought, I thought the, the commentary of Chael, Cejudo, Kamara Usman, and the play-by-play guy, which I apologize for not remembering your, na- your name, I thought they were good. I enjoyed it. So yeah, no, they're oh, they're great. I love the fact like they uh they have those guys, especially Chael, because he likes kind of telling a story within the fight. Yeah. So it's very very it's fun. Henry Cejudo, you know how technical he is with his eye, and we see that he's training other fighters now, and other fighters are trusting his tutelage and trusting the fact that he can corner them. So. He is very, very astute in the game, and he can he can give very good details and what some guys should progress towards in the fight and things of that nature, what they should be seeing versus what they are seeing right now. Kamar Usman, the very same thing, but he loves deferring to those guys and, and you know giving them the shine and letting them talk and things of that nature and what he would do and it what reminds him of he. Kamar Usman is very, very smart in his fight history. He can recall what a certain, you know, uh, 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 you know, where this uh, situation where it likens to in a previous fight and what someone could take from in that fight. So he's a great historian of the game. Play by play guy. He's awesome, too. But for that fight, Chael was kind of egging it on a little. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I was saying I enjoy all of them. I thought they all bounced off each other very well. They didn't interrupt each other because a four man booth is sometimes doesn't work whether it be you know for wrestling or mma or boxing we have four guys speaking sometimes they bounce off they cut each other off and things like that but they work well together all of them it was entertaining and and i and i can definitely see kamara usman when he tires to just transition to commentary because he seems to he seems to he seems to be very good at it. it's like a, it's an easy transition for him and here in Cejudo too spike you know coaching you know by him coaching and him coming back as well definitely he definitely continue doing commentary i mean yeah, jail's good as well and this, this is it's just good it's very good it 
they, they make it exciting. Like, the fights were good, but the commentary, I feel like it, it added to the excitement a little bit. I don't know if you agree with that. I don't know if those of you who watch, watch the event can agree to that. Let us know in the comment section if that's the case. Yeah, their commentary was spot on, and I loved every bit of it. Yeah, I, yeah, me with too. The, with, with, with just, I gotta say, caveat <laughs> with the exception of this fight right here. But from there, we could move on to uh, the first fight on the main card. This one also ended very quickly. Ahmed Aliyev versus Daryl Horcher. Ahmed Aliyev wins this fight in 30 seconds via TKO. Punches and punches, man. Yep. Ahmed Aliyev. This guy is... I, I, I remember saying this earlier. Like, this is a guy you should watch out for as well. Oh, oh, really? Yes, because he was... He was someone that that you know I've seen on the American cards in Eagle FC so far, and he's been very impressive in his approach. And it looks like he's only going to get better and better. As you see him delivering the punches there to Daryl Horcher. Yeah, I mean he he, he did he did a combination right then you know right and left one two combination that dropped him, and then and then that first. Uh, ground and pound punch after Horcho was ground. That first shot while well, Horcho was ground, that basically put Horcho away, and then and then he landed another one. So the ref tried to separate him. I mean, that I mean that he showcased his power. You want to talk about another guy making a name for himself on this card, who who some people you know weren't too familiar with. I mean, obviously you were based on you know watching him previously in UFC, but he, but even if you were familiar with him, he really made stood out here with that 30 second knockout over Daryl Horcho, a guy who fought in UFC. A guy who actually fought beat Narga Madoff on short notice back in 2016. Mm -hmm. With Tony and were supposed to fight. One of the many times they were supposed to fight that didn't happen. Which is unfortunate for us. But yeah, Horcher stepped in and fought Habib. It was kind of like, kind of weird and cool to see Horcher fighting Habib's organization all these years later after fighting each other. But it did not go well for Horcher, just like the Habib fight. Unfortunately, he got knocked down 30 seconds by, by um, Ahmed Alev. Who like made a name for himself? Looked very well. Gotta give him a shout out there. What a way! What a way! To make a name for yourself, your Ahmed. He's got a great nickname too, Butcher. Yeah. Um. Other than that, that was the main card of Eagle FC. Uh, salute to Khabib Nurmagomedov. He was also uh, making sure. I know in uh, um, in UFC they highlight certain people's uh, tweets when they hashtag UFC. He was highlighting random people's, uh, 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 you know, tweets. And I had my phone. I was watching it. And I was calling the Rangers game at the same time. So I couldn't let off a tweet. But I definitely wanted to because I knew that there was some chance of me making it on the FLX cast as well. Um, but, yeah, that was a great main card. Other than that, in the preliminaries, there is only one fight I want to shout out. Because this guy, I, I said this as well. This guy, he should have been on the main card. Very, very good fight. Islam Mamadov versus Zach Zane. He wins this fight in a minute and 50 seconds via rear naked choke. And Islam Mamadov, ladies and gentlemen, he's aggressive. He's, he had that Habib, is, uh, that Islam Makhachev, that walk up on you, striking. I'm going to get you in the way I want to. And just got him immediately in the rear naked choke. And Zach Zane had no choice but to tap. Look how tight that is. He has the body triangle in cinch. Fundamentals there are 
tight. This guy was very, very impressive. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, that's what I was say. I saw this fight, and then Mavdolf looked impressive. He was very aggressive, like Khabib and Islam Makachev are. And this was, and I'm glad to see that, considering his last fight was against Benson Henderson, where he lost a close fight, where he wasn't aggressive enough. Where now that he definitely learned from that mistake, you know, that fight back in January in Bellator, and came in was super aggressive against Zach Zane, and they were put him away in, in under five minutes in a, in a round, and. A, in a very tight rear naked choke. I mean, you saw the image. If you're watching yep. us, it was tight. You know, arm by triangle, and yeah, Zach Zan, no choice in the tap, or else he could be put to sleep. Great victory for Islam Amadov, a bounce back victory. As he improves his records, I believe 21 and 2 now, if I'm mistaken. Give me one moment, let me check. Yep, 21 and 2. You're absolutely correct. Yep, he's. Yep, still Dom. Yep, still Dom. You know, Dom, I mean, well. He got he got he got a bounce back victory. Hopefully, continue to you know dominate like he was prior to that um, Benson Henderson loss back in January. And it's kind of crazy that you know Islam Mamadov and Makachev only have three losses combined. So your name's Islam, and you're from Dagestan. You tend to do great. Seems like I, <laughs> let's not uh, let, let's not stereotype them like that. But they are producing some very good fighters. Out of there, uh, out there in Dagestan. Uh, salute to whatever they got in the water over there. What the mountains? <laughs> Wrestling bears and whatnot. <laughs> yep. I mean, but from there, um, is there any other fight in the preliminaries that you want to give a shout out to? Um, no, that was the one. Uh, Islam Mawazov and Zach Zane fights. Yes. All right. So with that, we're uh, finished with the Eagle FC card. Salute to the rest of the victors on the card. Uh, Roosevelt Roberts, he had a great victory. Uh, decision unanimous. Ronnie Marks, a salute to him. He had a victory. Uh, Reggie Pena ended up suffering a knee injury. So that was a TKO there via knee injury. Adi Ali, salute to him. He defeated Sean Bunch. And Sean Bunch was a highly touted guy, but he just... Yeah, it, it was a dominant performance against uh, um, Sean Bunch. So, salute to him. And Dylan Mantello, salute to him. He got a victory as well, due, uh, though it was due to doctor stoppage. But he definitely uh, provided the damage that made the doctor stop it. But from there, we can move on from that fight, uh, from that card, to what happened Saturday afternoon. Started off at 4 p.m., the preliminaries. The card uh, started off at seven. Holly Holm versus Caitlin Vieira. Controversial fight. A highly controversial fight. Oh yeah, it definitely was controversial. A lot of people didn't agree with the judges' scorecard here. It was very con. It, for those who don't know, Caitlin Vieira wins this fight via split decision, 48-47. Two judges' scorecards. Well, one judge gave the Holly Holm 48-47. I personally thought that the right person won, the right woman won. I thought Caitlyn did enough to win. I feel like Caitlyn, to me, won the first, arguably the first three rounds. And then the last two with Holly Holm rounds. Into the first round, Holly Holm did have a lot of octagon control. Like, in terms of, like, the, in terms of clinching position where she put Caitlyn like, against the fence. I feel like Holly... Didn't really do anything with that. She didn't. She never took her down at any point. She never held her on the ground. They were just against the fence and just 
she just drew like needs to die at time but other than that holly really didn't do anything like she might land like wait one or two like punches to the face caitlin threw several like body kicks no, not body kicks excuse me, knees to the body even before the clinch it was like she landed a couple sh um, strikes in that first round and that's why i kind of gave it slightly to caitlin Vieira. and then round two was clearly her round i mean she Put a rear naked choke that was tight. Even was for a brief, even wasn't for a long time, but still she had a naked choke where Holly's home face was like reddish, like pinkish, like she looked like she was in brief trouble for a brief moment. But give Holly credit, she escaped. But Kellen didn't exactly do. I mean, not Holly didn't do much in that round. In round three, I feel like Ke Kellen like won that round. I feel like she did more in that round. And in round four, I thought and it was close. I thought Holly did enough to win. I thought it was. The Holly landed more strikes. I believe Holly knocked her down. Well, with a sidekick, you know, a sidekick to her gut. I think it was the fourth round, if I'm mistaken. You remember that part, right? Where Holly threw the sidekick to the body and Kaylin fell down? That was in the third round, I believe. That round? Okay. I do remember. I do remember, like, round. I do remember round four. Holly, like, started, like, letting go and, like, actually connecting a little bit more against Kaylin Vieira. Although, in this fight, it seemed like. Holly didn't have a lot of head movement in this fight, which is kind of surprising because Holly's a Hall of Fame boxer and has won multiple championships in multiple weight classes in boxing. And boxers, that's one of the first thing they teach you is head movement, obviously. And she didn't exactly have it in this fight. Where other fights, her head movement was always on par. You watch her previous fight. She didn't exactly have it a lot here. There were several times where Kellen rocked her. Kellen got her and she stunned Holly just for a brief second. And in that fifth round, Holly took took the round over like it was very close to been like the last two minutes holly like did more in that fight and just was able to like out outstrike um kellen Vieira in that fifth round but i thought the first three rounds were kellen Vieira rounds and i thought the fight i thought the judges got right it was close though i know some i guess some i can kind of get why some people thought round one was holly's but also i think a lot of people thought it came out in round three we thought one round three according to some people well, to the judges, it, I think the judges gave round one to Holly, and round two Caitlin, and then round four and five was to no, I'm trying to remember. Round five was to Holly, the judges gave, and then round four gave to Caitlin. It was the third round to so the judges disagree, based on the judges' scorecard. That's what I saw, but I thought Caitlin won the first three, and Holly won the last two. Uh, what are your thoughts on this fight, Dan? Who you thought won, and what, and why you think they won? Um. This was a different Holly Holm for sure. Uh, Dean Thomas was saying it on the cast, and it was, you know, looking through fruition. Holly definitely looked a step slower. Um, it looked like some of the power wasn't there. You know, age is definitely catching up to her. She's a 40-year-old fighter. I, I You know, it, it looked like a different Holly Holm. But that being said, I completely disagree with the judge's decision. I thought Holly Holm won this fight. I thought she won the first round because she had octagon control and she was providing damage. It isn't just octagon control. She was definitely providing damage. She was throwing knees. She was throwing punches. And that was a lot of the way she controlled in the third round as well. I thought she won the third round via doing that as well because Caitlin was very very content in staying in the clinch and in that clinch Holly was doing enough work 
that the referee saw fit not to break it because it wasn't just idle clinching. The same uh, type of work that he saw in the first round. And even after watching the first round yet again, I saw Holly doing the same thing. She saw that her way of victory in the beginning was the clinch. And then even in the third round, she had the moment where she knocked down Caitlin Vieira with the sidekick. I thought she won that round. And clearly the fifth round, she won it. I thought she won round one, three, and five because she maintained octagon control and she was providing damage. And even furthermore, when you looked at the significant strike count, I know Caitlin Vieira outstruck her in the head area fine, but everywhere else, statistically, Holly was better than her. I literally, this, the, the numbers don't lie, and the tape didn't lie to me. I thought Holly Holm won this fight. I'm glad you mentioned the fact that Holly looked slower. You mentioned that Dean Thomas said, because I was going to bring that up, but that, that Dean Thomas was correct, and Cormier and Felder mentioned as well. Holly looked slower than she usually does. She, you know, you mentioned she is 40 now, which there's not many females that are like 40 that tend to compete. Let's be honest. You, it's rare to see a woman in her late 30s still competing, let alone in the top five and top ten of a weight but, class. But this is what I appreciated about that, is that I saw the clear difference in speed, and she wasn't trying to be Holly Holm of old. She knew in some moments she had to rely on what she's done in the past, and she was still accurate. There were, I know the power wasn't there, but how many front head kicks did she land on Caitlin Vieira? It was numerous of them. And I know the Holly Holm of old, if she catches you with that head kick, it's good night, Irene. But we saw that there was a difference there. She caught Caitlyn with it. And maybe I'm, I'm not going to attribute it all to just Holly Holm losing power due to age. Caitlyn Vieira has a chin. She definitely has a chin. But Holly's accuracy was still there. I, I like Not only that, but she changed in the fact that she was initi initiating the grappling. She was going into the clinch, and she knew she had to make it a dirty fight. When I was That's watching her, like I told you, I'm appreciative of a style of Rocky Pennington because you may not be the best at everything, but you know how to muck up the fight enough to get it to your advantage. Whenever she got into the clinch, she was doing that to strike a lot more, get a lot more of the strike she wanted to. And then when she broke off, I felt like even in those moments, she got the better of Caitlyn. There were moments in the open uh, striking department where Caitlyn got the better of her. Yeah, and I give her rounds two and four, but I really thought that Holly Holm rounds one, three, and five. I I feel like I I kind yeah I think we're in disagreement this you and I. I think yeah. I I thought Caitlyn did enough to win. I think Holly in the clinch did exactly a lot of damage personally to really like take it away from um Caitlyn Vieira in my opinion, but. This was, this was, like I said, a very controversial fight, very close fight. Either way, I'm just going to be honest with you. For, I, I don't see any of these two worlds being the winner of Amanda Nunes and Julian Pena. I just got to be honest with you. I don't. I think Kevin Vieira probably loses to both girls. I'm just going to be honest. Whoever wins that fight between Pena and Nunes in July, that's just my opinion. I, yeah, I... I'm not going to say that. I would say it It would have, um, man. I'll say this. The narcissist in me, the narcissist in me said that as soon as, as soon as that decision came down to Caitlyn, 
I was like, that felt like a Dana White decision because if there was anyone who would have provided a closer fight at this day and age, it would be the younger Caitlin Vieta who's on the come up. Yeah, she's 20 years younger than Holly Holm. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah but I probably, but I don't know. I Like I said, it was close, but I thought Caitlin won, but at the same time, I didn't see anything that made me go, Caitlin can win a championship, in my opinion. I know she trades with Andre Perineris, who, I mean, that guy, like, the way he was talking, I mean, he was really, like, in on Caitlin Vieira, which I, which I don't blame him. Yeah, he's a great coach. He knows what he's doing. But, but at the same time, I don't, I, same time, I know she trains with him and knew, you know, who's head coach of Jose Aldo, but I don't think she's going to, I don't think, she, I don't like her chance against Pena or um, Nunez. That's just me. I could be wrong. Like I said, I was wrong. We were wrong about Nunez and Pena, obviously, but still, I, I got to see to believe it. I would say, all right, Nunez, I don't see, I, I don't think it would be a chance. I think she would have to take an L from Nunez for her to evolve as a fighter. Like that just, you know, it would be like, I don't know. She'd have to see something in the fight against Nunez. But Pena, I think she might have a shot against Pena. Really? Really? Yeah. Because she has, she, Caitlyn has a very good power. She, uh, you know, she can mix it up in the grappling. I I think she'd have a chance against uh, Juliana Pena. But we, we shall see. She currently holds the number two spot and she's waiting for the result. And she will most definitely be next up in line. Yeah, if I was Caitlyn, I'll say backup fighter, get ready in case something happens. You know, God forbid, with one of them. She, she, she didn't take that much, no damage, really. She just slipped right in. If I was her, that's what I would do, be the backup fighter. Uh, yeah, uh, but we shall see. Um, that fight isn't going to happen for some time. Uh, let's move on from that fight, though, to the next fight on the card. This was a big one. This was a big one in the welterweight division. Michelle Pereira versus Santiago Pontanibio. Michelle Pereira wins this fight in a split decision. And wow, Michelle Pereira, it was a great performance for him. A great performance from Santiago Pontanibio too. This was all in all like a, a, a just... And I think, uh, what? No, excuse me. Fight of the night, This yep. fight, fight of the night. It, it deserved it. It did. Yeah, it totally did. Definitely yeah. deserved it. This was the best fight on the card, bar none. This had the most excitement from both fighters. This was great. Michelle Pereira, first of all, I want to salute Michelle Pereira because this is something every fan has been begging for, is that we know he has the athleticism. If he just slows down a little and sees what's in front of him, he could be an amazing fighter. And there's still steps to grow because his grappling, you know, I know he got taken down only once and he was able to, uh, uh, he was able to defend, I think, three other shots. So it, the, the defense there was 75% on this fight. But wow, we, wow, this was a different Michelle Pereira, consistent with the last one we saw, but more so ever evolving. The body kick was on lock that night. Yes. The body kick was there, and it was the bounce, the body kick, the leg kick, the striking. And when he came in to, to hit Ponzinibbio, Ponzinibbio was shook. Definitely took round one. 
Michelle Pereira was just on point with just the bounce and just movement. The octagon was his. It, you know, Pontenebio took the center of the octagon. But when I tell you uh, uh, Michelle Pereira was dancing around it and took control of it, it was his. Second round, Ponzinibbio started to come on later on after Michelle Pereira was providing a bit of the same thing. But I believe what what caught Michelle Pereira off was the fact that when he got caught with Ponzinibbio, Ponzinibbio, I think, subconsciously, the, well, flustering my words a little. I think Michelle Pereira started fighting with his own ego. And he felt that when Ponzinibbio caught him with one, he had to catch him with one or two back. And he started gambling with that. So now later on in the half of the round, Ponzinibbio started to come on and really take over the, the you know, the later half of the round. But I still had to give it to uh, Michelle Pereira because he took control of majority of the second round. Then you come into that third round. Pontenebio feeling comfortable off the later half of that second round. And it was a fire fight in that third round. I It was a fire fight. I mean, I, I rewatched it again, and I still don't know who to give that round. I, I want to edge it to... to I want to edge it to, to... I really don't know, man. Austin, what, what, what say you about this fight? I agree with, with almost everything you said. I gave the first two rounds to Mejia. Third round, I really don't know the score to. Because that third round was really like the best round probably the whole card. And that third round was was, um, was entertaining, fun, back and forth. I mean, that, that last 30 seconds, last minute, they were just teeing off like each other. Like they were connecting the same amount, excuse me. And it just was fun. Just so, it was a fun fight, fun round. That third round was unbelievable. I didn't know give that round to. But, um, yeah, Michelle Pereira won the first two, in my opinion. But Michelle Pereira, like you mentioned, we knew he's athletic. It's just that if he just slowed down, was more patient, didn't just do crazy stuff and just fought a little more conventional, he can do he can go, he can go, do something as well as weight division. And now he's done it. He's won five in a row now. He's going to be ranked. Pazanibio was ranked 14 coming in this fight. And now, now Michelle Pereira takes that ranking away from him, and he moves in the rankings now, five in a row. And he's definitely putting he's definitely showcasing his talent his, his five fight win streak and he definitely looked like he, he was the better fight the first like round and a half of this fight he, every even though Ponzinibbio was kept going and then he just countered a lot of Ponzinibbio stuff and was able to hurt Ponzinibbio he's rocked him in the first round with the mid to go Ponzinibbio kind of fell forward a little bit but then got up and then that mentioned the body kicks he did well in the body kick especially that one where positive was like right side was like red like like underneath his like rib and stuff it was red it was like really like, like damn shit hit hard and in the second round he definitely did better in the second he, i mean he did well in most of the second round dominant you know controlled him was tagging him hurting him all at the last bit positive bill found his rhythm was starting to take over and he rocked um, michelle pay in the final 30 seconds of that fight if i remember correctly then, of course, the third round was back and forth. I mean, both guys were landing, throwing shots, landing each other. And it was just a fun, good fight, very entertaining fight. And this is a big victory. This is definitely Pajaya's biggest victory of his career, considering Ponzinibbio was ranked number 14. This is a guy who was main evented a, a UFC card in Argentina, his home country, where he knocked down Mio and Magni back like three and a half years ago. And he beat a guy in Ponzinibbio who was ranked main event before. I mean, coming off a victory too, if I'm mistaken. I forget who he 
No, I think he lost. No, I think he's. I think Bob Nibbles come out with victory. I don't remember who it was, but yeah, I mean, this was great, great performance. But Pahaya, Pahaya is definitely showcasing his talents and various coaches or longtime support. You gotta be happy seeing him do what he did, doing you know, finally when playing on a consistent win streak and now being an elite um, welterweight in Ponzinibbio, who who I think is elite. Gotta be very happy, Pahaya. Also, I do want to mention. It might want things Bahia looks so looks way bigger than Ponzinibbio, almost like he should be fighting middleweight. Bahia. Nah, man, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. He looks he, big, super big. He does, he does look big, but I mean, there are moments where Kamaru Usman looks big for the for the for welterweight. I think he looks bigger than Usman typically does. Yeah, no, because he's taller. He Taller, but there are time there are moments where I feel like Kamar Usman has so much. All right, look, you remember when Kamar Usman came out for the Gilbert Burns fight? Um, yeah, a little bit. The dude, the amount of muscle he had on for that fight, he looked way too big for the division in that fight. The only fight that I've seen Kamar Usman kind of look where he looked. You know, right for the division was where he came, uh, where he fought uh, uh, Kobe Covington recently. Because that one, he slimmed down a lot for that fight. I think that one, like, he knew he couldn't carry all that muscle and he had to be a cardio machine for that fight. Yeah, I, I sometimes, Us yeah, Usman does look big, but Behead too looks bigger than Usman typically does, in my opinion. Way bigger. I mean, I, I think that's I think that's the height. I, I think that's the height that plays a part into the look. But he just I, I think he looks right for the division, man. Especially because he now that he's slowing, he's starting to slow things down. He has the gas tank, and I'm starting to see it. That if he's if he keeps on this track, he's gonna be a dangerous three rounder. It's going to be to a point where you're going to have to force him into five-round fights because the guy is he's so athletically gifted that it's going to be too much to put him in a three-round fight against any person. And, like, he'd have to main event at some point. I see it coming for him. He just has to continue on this track. I think he, like, the, the I love the kicking ability, but like uh, 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 Usman Nurmagomedov, if he, get, if he gets the striking right with the kicking and then he can get the grappling defense right along with that he is just a dangerous opponent for the division yeah i think so i think he is the athleticism we get every, play everything together i mean jeez that guy's a force and it's crazy like, i mean another force in this division uh, we don't have it right hamzad and freaking um shaman Sh Sh uh, ramadan wait am i pronouncing it right shakrat rachmanov Rachmanov, yeah, he's ranked number 15, who's going to fight Neil Magny. Those guys, and then you got Sean Bray, who's undefeated at 14-0. I mean, I mean, I was going to ask, what do you see next for Michelle Bahia? Like, what, what do you want to see him I mean, fight next? I don't know. He, Give me one moment. Let me look in the... I think to fight the Leech, uh, Lily Jang Lee. Uh, Lee Jang yeah. Lee, Leech. I mean, but Leech is, uh, does Leech have a fight soon? Uh, does he? Give me one moment. I'm going to check right now. Uh, I mean, this welterweight division is definitely heating up. and definitely a great division. Nah, you're right. That the last fight, he uh, he came off of a loss to uh, 
Hamzat, so he doesn't have a fight booked right now. Nah, I don't. I, I'll tell you, maybe the leech, maybe um, some I heard some people saying him and Wonder Boy potentially. Could be. That's I, I like to see that Wonder Boy against Bahia. Wouldn't mind that. I mean, I mean, me, they both. We know they both wouldn't go for grappling exchanges, so. Yeah. And not only that, that's definitely a way to infuse some new blood into the division because Kamaru Usman's made a lap. Yes, yeah, yeah. Also, um, Michael Chiesa, he hasn't, I don't think he has a fight. I don't think he's, he hasn't fought in a while. I'm not sure, I don't think he's a fight coming up. My name Chiesa and, um, yeah. A matter of fact, that's, that's closer in, in number standing because Chiesa's dropped down in the division. He's 11, uh, and you said Piero is taking um, Ponzinibbio's number 14 ranked spot. So, yeah, that would be a good fight. And if anything, shoot, maybe we could... You know what? Nah. We could make that a co-main event. Oh, Chiesa and... Um, bon and um, not Ponzinibbio, excuse me. Piero fight. Yeah, that, that would either be a co-main event or I might throw... I might immediately throw... Um, uh, uh, Pieta into a uh, into the gauntlet, make it a five round fight against a guy in Michael Chiesa who you know is going to grapple you. So now you have to be game for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like, yeah, I definitely agree. That's why, I, that's why I thought about the matchup just to see how you do against a great grappler in um, Chiesa, who's ranked two. Who's come, you know, definitely guy who's done well well to eight. Despite you know last two losses, all those losses are to Sean Brady and um. Luke, Vincent Luke, who you and I are both high on, despite his last performance against Blood Muhammad and the Brave fight. And he won the third round against the Brave fights when he was able to start the takedowns and keep it standing. Although Pierre, I think, is a much better No, I, he is a better striker than Sean Brady. I mean, if those two were to fight each other, if it's standing, I don't like Brady's chances. I think uh, I got to see more from Brady to stand up before. But see, here's the funny part Brady's been talking on uh, Twitter and he's saying that. He's the one name that everyone in the division is scared to call out right now. That's yeah. I mean, I mean, my people call him out. I mean, Sean Brady and Foss is what November, and I, that is true. I think I think so, I'll just see him fight somebody. But um, yeah, there's options for Pierre basically, and I do like to see. I wouldn't mind a Sean Brady matchup, but yeah, hopefully Sean Brady gets a fight soon. Especially, yeah, I mean, especially now, now considering you might, if you keep the fight standing, you might have a shot, potentially. Oh, yeah, but uh, salute definitely to Michel Pereira because this was a wonderful victory for him. This was absolutely wonderful, and this is a guy that we said, as far as basic fundamentals to be a, a, a contender in the division and could potentially a champion, he has all of that. Now it's between the ears. Can he get it done between the ears? And we see it with every fight. He's in, he's evolving as a fighter, and it was just a great fight and his best performance to date. So, without it being a highlight reel, it was his best performance to date because with this and the uh, and his last fight, it was just consistency, and that's what we saw. But uh, we can move on from that fight to the next fight on the card. I believe this is in the uh, middleweight division. Yeah, I think you're right. Middleweight division. Middleweight division. Chidi and Jaquani versus Dusko Todorovic. Chidi and Jaquani wins this fight. TKO via elbow. 
Chidi and Jaquani, ladies and gentlemen. This brother is vicious. Oh, yeah. I, this brother is vicious. I mean, you see the still image there. The el after the elbow, he landed on Torovich. And, and this fight... Go, go ahead. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. Take... Go ahead. This fight, Torovich went for grappling because Torovich was on the national Serbian um, wrestling team. I'm, I, not, I'm not, I, don't, I don't think he competed at Olympics. I could be wrong. I know he had an international wrestling career, and he definitely showcased... He definitely was using his wrestling, and give um, uh, Chidi credit... Chidi um, was able to do, you know, not allow um, Torovic, to me, Torovic to, 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 to um, get on top of him and dominate him on the ground. Despite, you know, Torovic kept kept the fight mostly grappling, he was able to get up and do well and defend himself. Was he, he went for a submission at one point, but Torovic would get out, and you know, it was, it was a lot of grappling. Torovic knew he wanted to do keep keep the grappling to try to tire out um, Chidi on no joke. Um, I'm butchering his last name now. Jokwani. No, jo no, uh, Jokwani, excuse me. Jokwani. Well, in Jokwani, excuse me. Yes. And, and, and Jokwani was able to, like, you know, like I said, stuff a lot, you know, be able to do well in, uh, in, with the takedowns with the grappling exchange, despite getting taken out and held there for a little bit. And then, it, it was still in the clock. Quint, he, uh, Jokwani didn't get tired, which Chorovic, which, um, that's what uh, Chorovic was trying to do. But, uh, who knows if maybe Chidi would got tires if I kept going, but we did, we're not we're not gonna know because Chiquandi landed the perfect elbow. I mean, perfect elbow to the temple in the clinch situation, and you as the pulled up the picture again for those of you watching, the el the elbow land right elbow right in the temple, and Chovich was I mean was out. I mean he fell immediately and he was out immediately as Chiquandi landed like one or two like shots on the bottom just to before the ref. Tell him nah, the ref, the ref, get, the ref didn't even let him. He didn't. Oh, get, oh, uh, he didn't, uh, the ref stopped it right there. I had to rewatch that one. Oh my gosh! First of all, salute to Chidi and Jaquani because he came close with us uh, uh, securing a Darce choke on uh, Dusko Todorovic while they were on the ground grappling. Like it was very, very close. That's like really yep. locked in there. Very close, but. Dusko was able to fight out of it, keep it in the grappling, and he was just, you know, he was, he, he like you said, in control of the grappling, and then once Chidi was able to find that little bit of space with 15 seconds left, boom goes the dynamite, and good night, Irene. I, Sandman. Sandman, yeah, that was definitely, send him to sleep with Sandman, and that was just a nasty elbow, what a beautiful elbow, I mean. It was, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's, I mean, the elbow game's definitely been utilized a lot more recently, especially in terms of knockouts, although sometimes it's, fighters don't always get it, but, but Chidi Ninja Kwani was able to get it and just put Dusko to sleep. I mean, my, man, you want to talk about standing out in this card, considering this was the only finish on the main card, definitely stood out and, and definitely um, got impressive, I mean, really impressive knockout on this card. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out because it was damn impressive. Seen that knockout. It was very it was vicious and whew. Shout out to Chidi. I mean from there, I, I, I don't wanna move on, but we have to. We break down the whole card. Oh that that was a vicious knockout. But we can move on from uh that fight 
to the next fight on the card. Uh, Tabitha Ricci versus Pollyanna Viana. Tabitha Ricci vin wins this fight via a unanimous decision. And, um, I mean, I... This wasn't a particularly exciting fight. I didn't see. I didn't see this fight. This is the only fight the main card didn't want. I didn't see, unfortunately. Yeah, this this really wasn't an. Tabitha, I, all right. Like, here's the crazy part. Let, okay. let me re. Let me all right. Put back up the significant strike count. You see it, as far as the significant strike count. Pollyanna Viana is. She wins it. She threw more. She threw more and landed more significant strikes. You, as I can see, 172 thrown, 38 landed for um, Viana. Where there's 26 um, landed for Ricci, Tabitha Ricci, and 75 thrown for Tabitha Ricci. Right, but then now you look at the control time and the takedowns. Five of ten for uh, uh, Tabitha Ricci, and nearly ten minutes of control time. I mean, well, she, it seemed like she was more accurate with strikes than, um, than um, Vianda, just based on the numbers. And nah, did she even rock? like, I'm, did she uh, rock like, her? I, I, huh? No, I was, I was sorry, I was gonna ask. Did Tabitha, like, Richie rocked um, Vianna or, like, Mayor Stumble? No, no. I'm gonna tell you what happened and why this, like, I had to re, re put the numbers back up. Sometimes the numbers don't tell the full story, as uh, later on we'll, we'll uh, revisit that once again. Pollyanna Vianna essentially spent most of the time deciding that she wanted to be on her back. Tabitha Ricci didn't really invite it like that. So it's a case of them to just, while she's on her back inviting it, Tabitha Ricci's trying to get ground control and side control, but that's what it was. Tabitha Ricci's doing just enough to kick her and keep her on the ground. And Viana clearly, like, she gave up most of the round just on her back trying to invite the grappling exchange. So Viana made a mistake in this fight, that's what you're saying? It was the biggest mistake I've ever seen. She essentially forfeited majority of the fight. And if she watches the tape again, she's going to see it and just go... Why did I do that when I was clearly winning on strikes? When it was a stand-up game, she was outstriking Tabitha Ricci. When it's a grappling, if you were that comfortable being on the ground, Tabitha Ricci was going to take you to the ground anyways if you just kept consistent with the striking. Man, I see. Damn. Yeah, yeah, she's, based on that, I'm pretty sure she's kicking herself right now going, damn it, I, I effed up. Her coach, because this I mean, was, go ahead. yeah, this was, like, you're watch. I'm watching this fight and it was the weirdest fight because it, I was like, why didn't it seem that exciting to me? And then I realized it's because she essentially forfeited most of the rounds. Just deciding, hey, I wanted to be on my back and invite the grappling, not knowing that if you're on the ground and they're landing those leg strikes, it doesn't matter how many up kicks you deliver, you're not going to win from that position. Yep, I, I understand. Yeah. It's a, it's a very, like, you're putting yourself in very rare air to try and win from that position. It's not, 
it doesn't it rarely happens and so well, i that 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 was my analysis on that fight that that was pretty much it with that fight okay yeah that definitely yeah that makes sense yeah i mean not the best game plan for Polly for um Pauliana, viviana not the best game plan Just yeah for um but from there we can move on from uh that fight to the uh, first fight on the main card Jun Young Park versus Eric Anders. This was also in the welterweight division, I believe, right? No, middleweight. Aaron middleweight. The, middleweight. Yeah, 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 that's right. Middleweight. Because I said, I, we always, uh, we've been in agreement that Eric Anders should move up to uh, to light heavyweight. And um, yeah, Jun Young Park wins this fight via split decision. A lot of people said that this fight also had some uh, controversy as we're going to look at the scorecards here. Judge, you know, the two judges, um, Salamato and um, Anthony Menes gave the fight to Jun Young Park, while Mike Bell gave the, the score. The I mean, gave the fight to Eric Anders with. Um, it's the first round. Was at seen Wait, hang on. It's ten, the nine, first ten, round. Ten, 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 nine, ten. Yeah, but I see in the judges' scorecards. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of I'm sorry. I'm not even gonna lie. Revisiting this now. I'm sorry for cutting you off. There's a lot of confusion in this. You're absolutely right. Yeah, we're, I was just telling like those who listen to our podcast, like what we're what we're showing, what we're showing. We're showing the judges' scorecards, and Mike Bell and um, Salda Model have Eric Anders win the first round, while Anthony Manis has the as Jonyon Park win the first round. But in the second round, you have um, Mike Bell giving the second round to Eric Anders, while Anthony Manis and Salamato gave the second round to Jung Young Park. And then the third round, even the third round was kind of confusing because Manis gave 10-9 to, um, to Eric Anders the third round, while the other two judges gave it to the round to Jung Young Park 10-9. And I thought, I thought Jung Young Park won. I gave round one to Anders. I gave round one to Anders, and I gave the last two rounds to Jung Young Park. I think you know. I think the Salamato scorecard was my scorecard, basically. If I were to judge, that's how I would judge it. This fight, that's how I would judge the fight. I thought Eric Anders, you know, did more in the first round with his grappling. I mean, he was able to get a takedown in that round. I know he, he I know he was like, I'm trying. I think it was three. He, he, I think he attempted like twenty something takedowns. Only got three of them, if I'm mistaken. That's something around there. Yeah. 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 I know Julian Park was able to get up from a lot of them. Well, from all three of them, and you know, Anders was able. Anders did did some clinch work, and you know, was able to do well in the first round. But I feel like in the second round, despite Anders pressing forward, trying to go for the clinch work and more takedowns, I, he was not successful to me in the first round. And Junior Park did land a lot of strikes in in that second round and the third round. He was landing a lot more heavier strikes, and and Anders was missing a lot of his strikes. Some of them landed, some of them he just missed, and. That's why I gave this fight to Jung Young Park because Park landed more with you know harder shots and Anders missed a lot of shots in the he landed some, but he missed a lot more than Jung Young Park and also after the first round the grappling wasn't working for him as much. That's why I thought the right guy won. That's why I thought Jung Young Park won. It seems like you're agreeing with me, Chef Dan. Complete agreement there. It once again Eric Anders after the first round I think parts of in the first round he gassed out. He just completely gassed out. So now you see the shots are not... They're not shots to try and take Jin Park down. They're shots of just 
breath relief and getting his air back so he can try and swing again. And he was loading up on a lot of his shots versus Virginia and Park being just very, very clean in his uh, uh, very, very clean in his deliveries. That's Junior and Park there. Salute to him to getting his victory. But yeah, it was it was very a lot of clean shots. I'm just in total agreement with you. He won. Uh, I'm I'm in agreement with you of the fact that Saudi Amato's card is closest to what I had in my mind. I thought Eric Anders won the first round, but the second and third round, he was just gassed out. The shots weren't working. I can't give you credit for shots that don't work. And Junyun Park definitely landed crisper, cleaner shots. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, that's. I'm. I'm in total agreement there. Yeah, man. Yeah, great guy won. Congratulations to Junyun Park in a victory. And that was the main. That's the main card of the UFC. Um, the UFC Fight Night in Vegas. Uh, is it? I definitely do. Definitely do. Uh, Joseph, excuse me. Jonathan Martinez defeats Vince Morales. This was a masterclass. It was the unanimous decision. But why we? Why we? I'm gonna tell you right now. After I think the second round, this is how Vince Morales's leg looked. Oh, oh my! Damn, that leg is freaking. That's a hematoma. It looks like yeah, it's gotta be. Hematoma. That's a hematoma. That's a hematoma. Damn, Mike. Oh, that's that's that that is rough. He's not mobile for a while now. Yeah, he's, he's not, not training for a while now. No Ice way, hurts. Man. Heat hurts. Everything hurts. The only thing yep. that would help him right now is some painkillers. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right about that. That was a masterclass in striking. He kept them at distance completely, went at, at the distance he wanted to, and it was just tore him up, and it was his victory completely. It, salute, salute. Just a, 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 a huge salute to Jonathan Martinez. That was a great victory there. I know there's a fighter you want to salute. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to see Chase Hooper on this card. Chase Hooper, who defeats um, Felipe Corrales via TKO strikes in the third round. And gotta give the guy credit. I mean, the guy's, what, 22 years old. I mean, he's, one, he's, he's the youngest guy in this card, if I'm mistaken. Got a performance bonus, and, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not often you see, you know, young, like, really, I mean, really, really young guys compete in the UFC, and it will get multiple victories. So, I mean, I mean, Chase Hooper is 22. And I think he's just, he here. I I know he had won, he had won several fights before, and always always find like amazing to see super young guys in the early 20s get to UFC and win the UFC. Considering you know, not, it's not often you see super young guys doing that. I mean, this guy five years ago was in high school, graduating. Nice find the UFC and performance bonuses. I mean, that's just, I mean that that's something. It's hard not to be impressed by that. I mean, I'm trying to think other like super young guys. I mean, I know um, Charles Oliveira started young, the current lightweight champion. I mean, well, not officially, but still, Charles Oliveira was like 21, 22 fighting the UFC. At that, I remember that. And then there's um, other guys too. I'm, I'm, I'm probably forgetting, but it's just yeah, shout out to him getting a performance bonus and stoppage, especially at 22. I mean, he looks he looks so young. He looks like a teenager still with that you know the clean shaven and his his physique too. 
I mean, it was a dominant performance there. Uh, Chase Hooper, his striking was very, very good. You see, it's there's an evolution, a natural evolution, and that's why there's so much fun in watching Chase Hooper. And the fact that he is winning, you can tell, like, it's, it's great that we see him grow in the organization. And everyone keeps... They kept all the, uh, the the top fighters, your favorite fighters, kept commenting on Chase Hooper about how people just don't understand this kid is growing in the sport and he hasn't even gotten the strength that he needs to yet to truly compete. And he's getting all the necessary skills. But this was a dominant performance by Chase Hooper. On the striking, he still has to grow, but we saw the growth. And then in the grappling, it was just a, a masterclass in his grappling, his his jiu-jitsu was just A1 perfect. So salute to him. Yeah, salute to him. Yeah, I know he's got grappling background. He's been in BJJ tournaments before. So yeah, shout out to him. He's got good grappling. Yeah, uh, another fighter that I want to uh, salute, Jailton Almeida. He defeated Parker Porter in the heavyweight division. And... Um, this was a dominant performance. He did like completely dominant. I'm let me give you the strike count. I, I see it, yeah. It I mean, what the wait, what, Parker didn't land a single strike at all? Didn't throw a single strike, didn't land a single strike. That's domination. I, that is dominant. I mean, how are you more dominant than that? You you choke him out within, uh, within a round. Your opponent doesn't throw a single punch, a single strike. I mean, the only thing more dominant is Hanza Chimaya when he first came in, where he only got hit once in his first three fights. I mean, damn, my gosh. He, um, I mean, Jolton Almeida, shout out to him. And it's not even his division. He wants, he prefers uh, fighting at light heavyweight, but his opponent, uh, they didn't have an opponent for him. And Parker Porter's opponent, I think, call, uh, uh, withdrew. So he decided to step up in the heavyweight division, see what he could do with, you know, the extra uh, weight he put on. And it was just aggressive straight from the start. Bink, bink, get him down. I'm going to, uh, you know, keep him in control on the ground. As soon as uh, Parker Porter decided he needed to get up, he gave up his back. As soon as he gave up his back, rear naked choke instantly. Instantly, salute to Jailton Almeida. Damn, damn. Another Zero fight, strength. I would. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just still go. I'm. You know what? Let you. me put it up one more time so you can see it, ladies and gentlemen that are listening to us. Total strikes for Jailton Almeida: thirty-six of fifty-eight. Significant strikes: eighteen of thirty-four. Head strikes: sixteen of thirty-two. Body: two of two. No leg kicks. And just control time of like four minutes and twenty-nine seconds of a five-minute round. And Parker Porter's got straight donuts everywhere. Yep. Four minutes thirty-five seconds, natural strike. Damn, man, I'm, I'm, I just can't believe that. Four minutes thirty-five seconds. Jeez. Short me. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chef Dan. I'm sorry for, for interrupting. Nah, you. it was just yeah. Nah, you yeah. It, it was it's dominant. I know sometimes domination is just take your breath away. Yep. But uh, yeah, the salute to Jailton Almeida. He got uh, that victory. Another victory I wanted to salute. 
in the preliminaries. This is a lot of good victories in the preliminaries. Joseph Ugly Man Holmes. Wait, that's his nickname? Ugly Man? Ugly Man. Okay, all right. But it was not an ugly victory. Nope. A rear naked choke in the first round. Joseph Holmes, it it was yo, smooth. Smooth operator with his striking, with the way he initiated, with, with the way he was defensive and was able to reverse the uh, grappling and get it into his favor and ultimately get the rear naked choke and submitted his opponent. But yeah, Joseph Ugly Man Holmes defeated Alan Amodovsky and it was a smooth, it, beautiful victory. Like DC said, his name is Ugly Man, but it was not an ugly victory. Damn. Jeez, I mean, it's, I mean, that, that, give him credit, I mean, one minute, over a minute, he got submission over a minute, I mean, that's, not, not an ugly about that victory. Shout out to Joseph Ugly Man Holmes, I mean, he's, I say that, I don't, I don't recall someone calling himself ugly, and, and, and you know, and, you know, and still, like, no, I'm trying, you know, how do I this? Um, when, I, when, I, when I had a nickname, I thought of the Biggie line, Black and Ugly Ever, Ever, Coochie Down to the Rocks, and that one song where he called himself ugly. I feel like it's like Biggie, almost, with Joseph Holmes. Yeah, so, like, it's like a it's like a disarming mechanism. Yes, there we go, that's what I'm saying. I see he sold his arm themselves like that since Biggie, in, back mm -hmm. in 95. So, it, it, you know, it's just a beautiful victory there, but all in all, this card was, it was a great card. It was a great card. Yeah, I, I think the, the uh, I think the preliminaries had a lot of finishes. Preliminaries were great. Kept me entertained all the way into the uh, uh, main card. The main card didn't have a lot of finishes, but the one it did have was very exciting. The uh, main the event. fights were exciting. The main event was very controversial. It wasn't as exciting, but you know there was some controversy there, and there was some. You know, it, all in all, it was a lot of action. As I'm gonna put up also some other pictures of the uh, main event there. There, Holly Holmes landing a head kick. Something I talked about. Kaylin Vieta landing that spinning back elbow on Holly Holmes. That one was, I think, was in the fourth round. Yeah, okay, that Vicious. was. That, yes, that was what. Yeah, I mean, for, I'm surprised. Damn, give give Holly credit for having so many chins. I don't know, yeah, maybe because she moved. She moved forward after it. She didn't stumble back. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'll say I, now. Vera May didn't get all the power force that she wanted to because she almost got. I'm, I'll say it's right. She didn't pull Molly McCann against uh, her opponent back in London. That beautiful spin elbow. As you see, Vera there laying a head kick herself on Holly mm -hmm. Holm. We also talked about uh, Tale of the Strikes. Yep. Holly, yeah. Holly drew more, landed more, landed more. This of toe strikes. There's even and, more control time. Right. Even though Vera did land a takedown, which I forgot till now, she did get a takedown on. She was she able, like, yep. Judo, yep, like a judo type of takedown, like a judo throw. And right. that was the scorecards once again from a, yeah, very controversial, um, very controversial uh, uh, main event. Yeah, yep, that that the three 
I see there the judges scorecards, Sal model, Mike Bell, and Derek Cleary. And yeah, controversial, but it's seven base. Sometimes you get controversial fights. It is what it is, and we gotta move on with the results and you know, we um we shall see if the victories were truly that or you know, some or they uh we what we feel in our hearts is what it is, but all in all, it, like we said, it was a great fight. Salute also to Sam Hughes. She defeated uh, Elise Reeds via uh, TKO uh, elbows to the head on the, from the ground. Like she was just on top the entire time through grappling. Sam Hughes was aggressive, got it done. So, uh, salute to her. It was yeah, just vicious, vicious elbows on top. Had Elise bleeding and just complete domination. Also, a uh, salute to Uros Medic. Got TKL via strikes in the second round against Omar Morales. Mm -hmm. Two minutes and three seconds. Two minutes and, no, I mean, round two, three minutes and five seconds in the second round. Yeah, but uh, all in all, great weekend of uh, MMA. Yeah, good. Yeah, very good. Very Yeah, very good. We go FC on Friday night. Despite the main event ending in fourth with injury and then the co-main event, no contest. Still was good. And then even in Saturday, you mentioned the prelims were very good. The main card has, you know, the co-main event and the middleweight fight were really good. You know, the, the main event has controversy, but it is what it is. It still was overall good, good solid, good solid event, especially the main card in pre-entertain, excuse me, in pre-entertain prelims. So I was entertained. Were you entertained? Yes, I was entertained. Most definitely. All right. Um. There is nothing to discuss as far as next week because there's going to be no Bellator, no UFC, uh, uh, no one, no, no yeah. PFL. Yeah, everything's kind of just taking a hiatus. So we will take a hiatus along with them, but we will be back to discuss the next card uh, in UFC. I believe that's Volkov versus Rosenstreich, right? Yes, that's next Saturday. And next Saturday at 4 o'clock it starts, the main card. Yep, uh, that's gonna be a uh, fight night on the well, yeah, not fight, fight night. night, a fight. Well, yeah, a fight night, but it's really being held in the daytime. Uh, we will break that down, but uh, after that, there's nothing else really for us to say. We hope that we can see you guys again. We do see some comments in the uh, chat, so we do have to shout out some people there to so the people joining us on YouTube, watching along with us. Thank you guys so much. Uh, first comment I want to read it is from Angelo Filipopoulos. My guy, he joins us on the Ranger Watch Alongs. Said, Chef Dan, you the man. Love UFC big time. Pereira was a great fight. Home got ripped off. Let's go Mets. Good stuff, guys. Talk to you later. Thank you guys so much for joining us, Angelo. Yeah, Angelo. I'm in a, uh, yeah, we both in agreement with you there that uh, Pereira had put on a great performance. The him versus Ponzinibbio was a great fight. I I agree with you that home got ripped off. Uh, Austin disagrees with you, but we shall see uh, later on. And uh, yeah, we're always in. I think me and Austin in agreement here. Let's go Mets. That's some good stuff there. Uh, well, well, yeah, I, I hope the Mets do well, but I am a Yankee fan, so. But I don't. But I do. But I hope the Mets do well, though. Unless they play the Yankees, but yeah, let's go Mets. Yeah, most definitely, and. Uh, the SNL, we, we can't really highlight it because it has some uh, controversy, but we can't put it up because we want the, the, the 
kids to uh, watch as well. But you say so many people are talking uh, ish about this card. I thought it was dope. Yeah, if anyone disagrees with you, I don't see why. It was a great card. It was a great card. I think maybe the con maybe the, the controversy ruined it for some people, but it wasn't a terrible card at all. It was, nah. it was not terrible. I mean, I know the controversy puts a sour note in like these cards sometimes with judge bad judging decisions. If you feel it was, but it wasn't terrible at all, not really. Yeah, no, none of the fights to me were and at any point boring or made me wanna uh, you know not be interested in it. It was a great fight. It was a great card. Right, yeah, and I think that's everyone I commented on the chat, I believe. Yeah, most definitely. But join us next time, whether that be on a podcast platform, that be on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Anchor, uh, Spreaker, or you Reason can join FM. us on video here. Yeah, uh, uh, what else you say? I said Reason FM. Yeah, Anchor, uh, uh, Anchor FM. Join us on uh, whether you're joining us on podcast platform or you're joining us here on YouTube, where you can see some of the pictures of what happened that went live, and we even have some of the scorecards that we could discuss about it. Thank you guys so much for joining us on MMA Weekly, where we break down all the punches, the kicks, the knees, strangles, and all of that. elbows, all of that. We cover all of that. Yeah, all of that. Thank you guys so much for joining us from myself. Uh, I want to say thank you and peace out. Austin, you can take the last word. Thank you guys for joining us and listening to us, whether it be audio podcast platforms or on YouTube, whether it be live or replay. We appreciate the love and support. Thank you guys for watching us. We're just two guys just bringing down the sport we love. We're no different from you guys. We just call, talk, cover the sport we love, whether it be MMA. And we appreciate the love and support you all y'all give us. Where, where be on the MMA videos or the channel period, especially if you close to 5,000 subscribers. Thank you guys for love and support, and happy Memorial Day to, well, early next week, next Monday's Memorial Day. Early happy Memorial Day to all Americans out there for Summer Memorial Day, to American viewers, and definitely you guys have a safe, you know, have a fun um, week, good, good week, stay safe, and um, also, happy birthday, happy belated birthday, Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer did not work this, set, this card. It, Saturday was his birthday, he turned 65. I want to get a shout out yeah. to Buffer, the legend. The legend. Thank you. And thank you once again for that uh, interview you gave us, Bruce. Thank you so much for being a supporter of the channel. And happy birthday to you. And I hope you enjoyed it, man. Take your night off. You, I, I know he's still a fan. He probably watched the card anyways. Yep. Zach. Yeah, definitely. Def, de we def definitely. Shout out, happy, shout out to Bruce Buffer. I mean, happy birthday. We enjoy having you. And hopefully... Oh, 65 years years old, but he still feels like young. 65 years young, I should say. Feels mm -hmm. has that youthful spirit w with him. Most definitely. Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, peace out, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great night. Ladies and gentlemen, we are. Live.